Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Post Game Reaction Show. I am Dylan Lark at your boy Tank on Twitter slash X, and I am here to help uh, recap and review Auburn's first SEC win of the season—a twenty-seven to thirteen win over Mississippi State in a game where. First half was really, really good. Uh, second half left a lot to be desired, and that's saying a lot. Uh, I picked this game to be 27 to 10, and a little disappointed that it finished just three points off. Uh, I think Auburn definitely left a lot on the field that they could have actually picked up on, and I, I think the, this kind of comes down to uh, Auburn didn't really have the uh, juice in the second half uh, to put Mississippi State away, and they definitely had the, the, the scheme that we saw in the first half to do that. I, I feel like Auburn could have put up 40 in this game, but start off with the positives uh, and let's let y'all pile in. Uh, first off, positives, Peyton Thorne. Uh, big Robbie Asher fan over here. Uh, wore his jersey to the game. Uh, Peyton Thorne played great. Uh, two, 20 for 26, 76.9% completion percentage, 230 yards. What's going on, James? Uh, three touchdowns for Peyton Thorne. Uh, actually played like the quarterback that we have been told by by uh, Hugh Freeze on multiple occasions that he can play like that. And it's just uh, – it's wild uh, to see that happen. And just overall, I, I think it was – the first half, again, was just such a great offensive showcase, and that's what it should be. But the second half, I just – it was mind-blowing. And I'm um, – P-pass, uh, yeah, I completely agree. You could have put up 50. Uh, and I, I, I see that as well. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I, did, did Auburn by chance have the – did Auburn finally win a position battle for once in their, uh, for once this year? Because I think it's still like one game, and it was against Georgia where Auburn had the highest T.O.P. And give me one second. I'm used to having other. <laughs> uh, yeah, Auburn 
Did not. Uh, Auburn lost time possession battle yet again. Uh, but yeah, Mississippi State did have the ball. I think there's one possession Auburn had in the third quarter, which overall kind of affected the uh, the how the game played out. I think Auburn definitely, if they had a, uh, I, I think the play the play calling in the even, even when uh, Auburn got the ball back in the third and in the fourth quarter, I, it seemed like Auburn and Hugh Freeze just kind of got complacent with having that lead. And to an extent, that's okay if you're not within two scores because it was quickly from 27 to 6 to – or 24 to 3 to 27 to 3 to 27 to 6 to 27 to uh, 13 – 27 to 13. And then they were driving and Auburn made two great drives. And let's see. Let's go to James. Although I, I know you are a Robbie fan, you still gave PT his props. Why, when Robbie plays well, he doesn't get the same love? It's always some kind of excuse, like the competition, et cetera, just my opinion. Um, I mean, I give Robbie love no matter what. Uh, people tend to – people just don't like how Robbie plays. They don't think that he's that good of a quarterback right now and definitely needs to develop on some things. I'll be the first to admit that, and I'm like the president of the Robbie Asher fan club. But it seemed like the Robbie package for this game wasn't really like all that well thought out. He had like three plays. I think he actually had like two, two snaps that he got to keep the ball on, and it was the same play. I think it was one to the left, one to the right, and that was about it. Uh, and again, if you're gonna play Robbie, I mean, add the fact that he can make make some make some plays with his arm as well. But I kind of like the fact that Hugh Freeze finally found a quarterback and stuck with him in a game. And I mean, again, Robbie Asher fan over here. I'm a okay with the fact that Peyton Thorne came out and looked like a very good quarterback. And I didn't think I was going to ever say that this year outside of that Sanford game. And I, the question of the, of the, of the week is, can we expect him to stay consistent throughout the remainder of this season? Cause I think up next is what Vanderbilt. If I remember that correctly. Yeah. Auburn travels to Vanderbilt. Then they'll travel to Arkansas and then they'll come back for the New Mexico state and the iron bowl. I just want to know this this Auburn offense, if it can stay looking like this, like it did against Mississippi State, that is a good sign for the next two games where we were playing we were playing against a team who is now now seventh in the in the West and and now you're gonna play the team who is sixth in the West and also the team that's seventh in the East. So you're not having the toughest competition up until the Iron Bowl. And can you expect to see the same level of production? Because, I mean, Jarquez Hunter even had a great game. Uh, and we're kind of expecting that kind of rushing attack from him all season. And he didn't want to be touchdowns because uh, Auburn was able to throw three touchdowns, um, which, again, first time Auburn's thrown three touchdowns against an SEC opponent since 2020, uh, LSU with Bo Nicks. I read that stat. That was a wild thing to read about. This tells you that Auburn hasn't had a real solid quarterback since, <laughs> since Bo Nicks. A real solid passer, says Bo Nix. Let me say that. Uh, yeah, Dark uh, was 117 carries, averaged 8.5 yards per carry, at getting 144 yards. Really expecting to see that from him. Now at 453 total yards. Uh, there's a shot in the out there that he that Hunter could find his way over the next three games to get to a thousand yards and even getting getting it in the Iron Bowl uh, and kind of saving his own season. Uh, and I definitely think he's gonna gonna need a. Uh, Probably, probably another season before he can actually actually go out there. But I do want to talk about some of the negatives I saw from this game uh, before I kind of go too hard on some of the other positives. Uh, second half, 
when Auburn got the ball, the play calling was very vanilla, very basic, very we're just going to run the ball every down, no matter what. We're fine with the with the fourteen point lead, so we're just going to keep running the same plays and hopefully something happens. And yeah, AJ, I'm going to answer that question in a second. Uh, and just pull it up. That why not? Free City is more involved in the plays this week. It, I listened to his presser and the way he used his words. He said he was very involved and he brought up Phil Montgomery called a called good plays at time. I, I'm trying. I cannot remember exactly. So don't quote me on anything. But it seemed from how free is worded the play calling questions that he was the majority play caller. And that really showed in in the game because Auburn's offense actually looked competent. Again, it's a wild concept of the season to watch the Auburn offense actually be able to move the ball down the field. And and again, that second half, I just can't get over. It felt – I should – if. It almost felt like 2021 Mississippi State because it just the, the having the 20 21 point lead felt like the 28 to 3 lead we had going or 28 to 10 lead we had going into halftime against Mississippi State 2021 because it just after that I was like this offense is dead this offense died this defense is giving up chunk plays which I'm about to get into in a second uh, and it was just a rough rough showcase from 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 Auburn's offense that second half and, and the defense I mean defense played awesome in that in that first half but then the second half came along and chunk play after chunk play after chunk play after chunk play and Mike Wright actually looked like a competent quarterback uh passing the ball which I wasn't expecting to say I expected more of a run heavy attack but the second half they really passed the ball very well uh he threw for 161 yards I'm sure a lot of that was from the second half and I, they got that one touchdown. It was beautiful. Got in the red zone like twice. And let's see a couple comments coming up. Uh, let's go to Dial Look. Freeze left the gas in the second half to slow, down, slow the game down to rest the defense. Yeah, but also that can put the that, that puts the the defense in a bad situation because that's also just it, it was like three downs every time. Auburn scored three points in the second half, just like James just said in the comments. A, and it was like three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. You're not really resting the defense in that case. The defense needs to rest by long drives, and you're not going to get that because Mississippi State owned the owned the ball and somehow put up ten points in the in, in the second half, and that was because the defense may have been tired, but uh, they just gave up too many chunk plays, and that that's what's going to happen. Whenever you're running the same play over and over again, running just running the ball over and over and over again, first down, run the ball, second down, run the ball, third down, run the ball. And Auburn just didn't move the ball in the second half, and it was it was a rough showcase to watch. And just looking at uh, the the defense is a topic I really want to get to. Because I brought up something when I was talking to the, to the guys of the War Report uh, yesterday. Because I watched a player – who we are very high on kind of give up a lot of plays and it's been back-to-back weeks where it's happened. DJ James has had the worst like two, three game stretch that I've seen from an Auburn, like a standout Auburn corner in a hot minute. And I brought up the fact that DJ James probably is going to need another year in, <laughs> at Auburn if he's got one 
I don't know if he does that. He might have one. I don't. The eligibility thing it probably won't be solved until like 2025, uh, when everybody gets rid of their COVID years. Because I feel like everyone still has one. But DJ James has just been. I don't want to say bad, but has been very inconsistent with how we expect to see DJ James play. And with that, I mean, I just, he, he has definitely played his way out of a first round, I think. And he's going to need a huge next few weeks to get up to that point where he was. And I think Jalen Simpson might've taken his place. Jalen Simpson, I think gave up, I had a good coverage on one that the guy just made a great grab on. And Keontae Scott, the touchdown, good defense, and that was just a great catch by Mississippi State. And let's see, I got some more comments on here. AJ, perhaps keeping new offense, the new offensive playbook shut down for the rest of the season. I completely agree. Uh, do not let Philip Montgomery call another play. Uh, we have seen already through eight games uh, that Philip Montgomery has not done a great job of calling plays. Uh, it's definitely been a huge freeze-a-thon, if you will. Uh, Riley M. Sundays are becoming almost as great as Saturdays. War Report, Up Tempo, College Loop, Auburn Live. I definitely agree with that. I watch all of those as well. And it's a great way to just see how much other people know about Auburn than I do. But I think I do a pretty good job. Uh, Teresa, uh, hey, UTSA won as well. Showing some love to the to the San Antonio Roadrunners. Um, they should have let Rob, put Robbie in the second half when things weren't getting going to see if it sparked something. Well, my thing with that, I appreciated the fact that they stuck with a quarterback. That's That was the good thing about this game, is it let Peyton Thorne run the offense the entire game, which, I mean, I even said when I, I – I think it was two games ago, I said the all player I need to step up the most was Robbie Ashford. I said this week I just need a quarterback to step up, and I got that. And it wasn't the quarterback that I've been supporting all year, uh, but I'm glad that someone's finally stepped up and has played well at quarterback throughout the entire game. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Robbie would have really helped. They would have kept running the ball anyways. And it seemed the plays they were calling with Robbie were the same plays, and it wouldn't really have done anything different uh, just because it's just the same design quarterback runs. That's all I really put Robbie in for anyways. Uh, got P-Pass saying, whatever happened to that freshman safety Smith, third stringer with potential Smith. Smith. Smith? Who? I I need a first name. Because uh, I know Terrence. Sylvester, oh, Sylvester Smith, I believe. Sylvester. Uh, I don't think he played. Uh, I, I don't think he, I don't think he played like a lot. He definitely came in whenever uh, Simp and Zion. Yeah, there we go. Sylvester Smith. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't play bad. I don't hear, I didn't hear his name get called. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think he even registered a tackle. Uh, and I can definitely just look through that right now as I'm going up and down. Yeah, he didn't even register a tackle. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not upset about him. Uh, not If your DB doesn't get his name called, that's a good thing. Uh, I'm going to just say, that, say it like that. Uh, definitely going to be a guy we're going to see later on uh, in his career. Uh, but he, he looks good whenever he has been making plays. Uh, I just don't think they threw the ball around where he was every, every when he got on. Uh, P-Pass, when your offense has the ball moving forward, your defense is resting, you can't call a full game to press your defense. Hopefully that is done. Yeah, I think over the next couple games, and again, with Vanderbilt coming up, they don't have a great defense. So hopefully, you know, they don't have any – and Vanderbilt also a very scrappy team. So they – 
I don't want to say I'm scared of Vanderbilt, but I definitely think we could lose to Vanderbilt if we don't play like we did against Mississippi State. And, I mean, if we can just move the ball, keep the ball moving, uh, which we weren't able to do in the second half, uh, just because I don't know if it's play, play calling or the fact they just – that was this, this game they had if they had, a, if they had a lead in the second half. And I know he said uh, – I'm trying to remember if he said exactly in the press conference. He said – when you get back, he was like, I think a lot of the drives are backed up to like the four or five and, and inside the 10 on the outside of the field is that you can't really be aggressive there. And I, I think you had every opportunity to be aggressive. I mean, Auburn was able to use the um, immediate, like intermediate passing game for, for the first time in forever. It feels like, and Auburn finally broke a four game losing streak. And AJ just answered your question. Okay. Auburn is a, yes, they are 13 point favorite over Vanderbilt, which, they should be. Uh, Auburn definitely has the talent to where they should be beating teams like they do, but, you know, depth and everything. Uh, but, again, the Vanderbilt game should be should be a win. Uh, I, I hope. I just hope. Uh, back to AJ. Sticking with one quarterback allowed us to run a true tempo offense, and it was super successful. Got to stick with your guy from a confidence standpoint. I think I, I think he did that. I think we saw a more confident and a – uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, a guy who looked like he earned that C on his chest. And so I, mean, I thought for the longest time it was going to be hard to bench Peyton Thorne because of the fact that he had that captain logo on, on, a, on a shoulder pads. But he finally came out and he looked like a competent quarterback. He had the get, he had the entire game. But that second half, again, I just that, – that's like the worst part about this game that I just can't not think about is the fact that if it, – if the game ended at the first after the first half, I'd been like, "Wow, we we look so much improved. We we look way better than we did." The second half, it was just so slow, and Mississippi State just kept the just held the ball. Defense wasn't getting stops, and I, I don't know. This game should not have been a shouldn't shouldn't have been a fourteen point win. It should have been like thirty or forty. Let's see, James, we have a complete game moving forward. We can't coast our our way through these games. What do you guys think? Uh, I completely agree. Uh, Vanderbilt, definitely not a team to sleep on. We're favored by 13. I don't know why. Uh, Vanderbilt has been a team in the past of the last, since – what's his name got there? Uh, Clark Lee. Since Clark Lee got, got there, he's definitely been a guy who has built Vanderbilt to be this, we're not better than you, but we're going to compete with you mentality. He did it with Georgia a couple weeks ago when they lost, like well, I think, by 20 which is is a is a huge loss to most teams, but the seventeen so seventy point loss seventy point loss is bad to most teams, but for Vanderbilt that's not bad, especially whenever you're playing a team like Georgia where you're favored by forty, or favored to lose by forty, and you held them and and now Georgia looks great, uh, so that sucks. But with with Vanderbilt coming up, it's a, it's a great test for for Peyton Thorne to get comfortable, and then. I'm going to put quotes around this away environment uh, before, of course, the Arkansas game, which uh, recency bias. Auburn has a tough time sometimes whenever when Auburn's not a great team, they struggle in Arkansas when they're playing against the Razorbacks. I'm a little lenient to say that Auburn should win out over the next over, over these next three games. I want to say that, but I also know this team very well, and I know it's very likely 
I think this could be a, just a huge letdown spot for for Auburn, uh, especially in Vanderbilt. And it's going to be it's a, it's a game that I'm going to be very eager to hear what you freeze has to say about traveling to Vanderbilt. Yeah, and the Iron Bowl. Uh, I I don't even want to think about the Iron Bowl right now. I want to I want to get through Vanderbilt. The next week I want to get through Arkansas. The next week I want to get to Mexico State, and then I'll start worrying about the Iron Bowl. And if Auburn looks good, I mean, I can feel a little bit more confident about the Iron Bowl, uh, at least the fact that it can be competitive. Uh, I'm not going to say Auburn's going to win the Iron Bowl unless they give me some kind of – granted, if you ask me at 229 who's going to win the Iron Bowl, I'm going to say Auburn. Uh, so that's why we recorded ahead of time. Because uh, if you ask me on the day of the game, Auburn's winning no matter what. But – but, yeah, and another thing I want to talk about for this game is the fact that the wide receivers actually play very balanced. I mean, you didn't get a guy who got over 100 yards receiving, but you got 59 yards out of Javarius Johnson. You got 31 – you got well, four catches for 31 out of Bravado Fairweather. Shane Hooks made an awesome grab uh, to, to get that touchdown that he got, and I really wish we would throw the ball to Shane Hooks more like that and let him actually test out his go-up-and-get-it uh, versatility. Especially because he has the coolest touchdown celebration, just the the, the fish the fish hook, or, or the 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 cast and reel back. It's it's awesome. And uh, JBSMV, I completely agree. Caleb Burton has been a breakout guy over the last few weeks. I think since LSU, he's really come out, and uh, I think he had he had a catch for fifteen yards. He definitely needs to get the ball more. Uh, Jay Fair got three catches for twenty five yards. Darkwell Hunter got two for twenty six. Camden Brown got two for 12, a guy who's been very quiet all year. Brian Batie got one for 11. Michael Johnson Jr. got one for 10. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb uh, got got into the game for one play, got one catch, got one touchdown. So uh, great all-round performance from the wide receivers. I think it, it showed that Auburn was able to – I think it was 11 different guys got, the, got a ball in the first half, which is absolutely bonkers to hear about with this team. As the fact that they were able to pass the ball to the guys that we've been told, told about the entire offseason and throughout the season, that these guys are good enough to be good. Uh, but we just haven't seen that yet. And overall, if if I had to go by and grade each position, uh, the wide receivers definitely get like a B for me, uh, just for what Javarius and Shane Hooks were able to do in the air. Uh, and I completely agree. I do think Caleb Burton needs to actually get – on the field a lot more. I think he was he listed, I don't think he was listed as a starter on the Jumbotron. I think it was Coy, Camden. I'm trying to remember who else was on that scoreboard. Uh P Pass. Was yesterday less than the criticism on the wide receiver coach. Uh see, I'm a little hesitant to give to say that we should let 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 lessen up on a coach because of one game. I definitely think this shows signs of improvement. Uh, I would say be cautiously optimistic about the trajectory of the wide receiver core over the next three games. Emphasis on the next three games. Again, get to the, we'll get to the Iron Bowl when we get to the Iron Bowl. We're not, we're not Bama fans. We don't think about them all the time. We get to the next three games and then we start working with the Iron Bowl. Uh, and then a note, I'm trying to remember all the notes I had for this game. Uh, Evan Mc, Evan, Alex McPherson also having another great game for, for him. Uh, I think he went two for two on field goals, or three for three on extra points. He has yet to have missed a field goal in his Auburn career. 
And he has now, I believe, eight and eight on the year. hundred uh, percent overall. And I, I think it's a question I, I asked uh, Tar on one of the uh, last episodes that came up. But I do think that we've been kicking the ball a lot less. That could be the fact that the offense is just not moving the ball as well as when we had like Daniel and early on we had Anders. Uh, but it just seems like Auburn has not been kicking the ball a lot. Uh, do you look, I think Fairweather was 4-4 four, four on catches. I believe he was. Uh, Dorvado had a great game being the safety blanket. And, uh, of course, on the uh, PA rollouts, they called for him as well. Uh, and he's just a, a dog when it comes to uh, breaking tackles and getting out of uh, tough situations like he does. Valdo might go down as one of my favorite players uh, to – to not to ever play, but one of my favorite tight ends I've ever watched play. It, it, it'd be nice if Auburn used him a lot more than they do. Uh, I really wish that he – I think Rivaldo is a – He's a junior, so I definitely want to see him uh, come back and really perform next year with a more developed quarterback room or if if maybe a tr- good transfer pickup, one of the two. Uh, so, uh, AJ, Freeze doesn't seem to like the long field goal chance. Uh, he talked about in the press conference that he does typically look at the field whenever he's on the other ha- side of the 50s. Like, all right, where do we feel confident Alex sat? And I, I don't know why he's so hesitant to just let him let him kick the ball wherever. I mean, he he practices at like sixty yards, uh, so why not? What do you? I know it's the thing of what do you have to lose? Well, good field position for the other team, but I mean, if he could, if you're up by what fourteen, just try it. Why not? I, I I'm not gonna hate you, especially whenever we hear that this that Alex can kick the ball from like 70 yards in in practice. Like, let him try it in a game. Why not? But the James, uh, talking to P-Pass, if anyone was critical of the wide receiver coach, the quarterback coach should be in the same boat. I never understood why people blame the wide receiver coach with not sharing the blame. Uh, I can see why the wide receiver coach can get the blame and some some quarterback coach can't. Uh, It kind of goes back to the fact that this wide receiver room has had a lot of drops. And that that's like the huge thing is even when uh, Peyton or Robbie throws a good ball, it gets dropped. Uh, and there was a, the Georgia game, I think was like a huge factor of that. I think there was like six incompletions that could have been gone for uh, first downs that were just dropped by the wide receivers. Uh, and one of them was really bad. I think it was the Malcolm Johnson drop. And that, that was just overall just bad. Uh, but yeah, I think you can put some of the blame on, on the wide receiver coach, or Mark, I keep saying the Marcus Davis. I can, I'm going to say his name rather than uh, just it, some. It, sometimes possession coach can be blamed. I think it'd be. I I think the running back coach cannot. That's going to be Cadillac, and I don't want to sound like I'm just a Cadillac lover, but I think the most of the fan base is. Uh, but the run, I think the running backs coach is probably one of those coaches you can't really blame unless like running backs are fumbling the ball a lot, especially if they can't get yards. That's not going to be on them. That's going to be on the O line. But if the running backs are like fumbling the ball, that's also like you got to kind of blame the running back coach. But that's not happening. I think the only coach I can really see sharing the blame with other coaches. Uh, but if wide receivers are dropping the ball like Auburn has, I mean, it's gonna that's that's going to happen. All right. Let's see. I also got. 
Yeah, more about the defense playing great. Eugene Asante also looking awesome as always. I'm trying to remember. Marcus Harris, Auburn got no sacks this game, which I thought was weird. Uh, Auburn got absolutely no pressure, especially in the second half. Uh, just absolutely no pressure all around from this offense, from the uh, defensive line. Marcus Harris had a had a pretty quiet game, I believe. He also went out uh, later on. He had two t- two tackles. Uh, and then McLeod got two TFLs on running backs. Uh, Cam Riley had a lot of missed tackles, but he had a pass deflection. Uh, Larry Nixon had a pretty good, decent game. But the defensive line, I just have been so unimpressed with the defensive line this this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, do you look? Yeah, almost had a few sacks, but almost having is not the same as having a few sacks. And whenever you're playing a team that's worse than you, especially when you have guys like Marcus Harris, Jalen McLeod, Keldrick Falk, and Jason Jones on your defensive line, I don't think Mississippi State has the greatest offensive line in the world. Uh, but I definitely expect to see Auburn get some better pressure than they did. There was definitely a lot of times where I was like, okay, Mike, Mike Wright's in the pocket too long. Where's our defensive line? And that, that was a lot of times where I just never saw any pressure get made. Uh, and I think a lot of the times it was having Jalen McLeod kind of be a QB spy, just kind of watching the run. But most of the time it was just the defensive line just never got pressure. But on the positive side of that, Auburn didn't give up a single sack. And, that might be the first time all year Auburn's not giving up a single sack, which kind of goes to the fact that this Mississippi State team is not good whatsoever. So kind of a positive and a negative from both both lines. Uh, just, but I really – over the next couple of games, I need to see the defensive line take a step up. If if you want to – and this is going to be a little – man, I got Georgia fans in here. Okay, cool. Uh, so – if if you want to compete with that team on the other side of the state in a couple in a in three weeks, you're gonna need this defensive line to step up over the next three games. You you're gonna need Marcus Harris to be doing what he's doing. You're gonna need Jason Jones to be stepping up a little bit more in the passing game. You're gonna need Jalen McLeod, Elijah McAllister to be stepping up whenever they get in. Uh, Keldrick Fox gonna have to keep playing well or and play better than he did yesterday. Uh, uh, let's see. How do I think Connor Lou played? Uh, Connor played amazing. Uh, he's def- he's been a, a another bright spot on this on this uh, bright freshman on this team to kind of coexist with uh, with Kay and Lee and Coach Falk and it's just like three guys that we were all expecting to be very good as soon as they stepped on the field. I think he had one bad snap. Uh, I think that was about it. The 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 ball that just hit off of Thorne's leg, and I think Hugh Free said it just bounced off of his butt. Uh, which is how I think that went. Uh, but Connor Lou, he's he might be a, a like a, a lineman that gets to leave a little early, is what I think. Con- Connor Lou is a dog. Uh, he he, I'm surprised he actually wasn't named starter. I think he would have been the starter if Avery Jones didn't transfer, uh, just with how good he is. And with the Avery Jones being injured, I think Connor Lou's getting the appropriate amount of snaps that he needs to. And I think he's been playing awesome in the time that he's been there. Uh, I, and the fact that he's only had one bad snap as a as a freshman who just got his first career start. That's that's a good sign because uh, usually whenever you have an O line like you have a center and a quarterback who have like a little bit of a chemistry, switching from the starter to the second string, you're kind of like hurts that at times. But yeah, uh, trying to remember all the other stuff that I, I complimented. It's kind of hard to catch. I was kind of at a weird angle in the in the stadium, so it's kind of hard to get all of the. Thoughts I need on it. Uh, I, I'm trying to – the Vanderbilt game is something that I am 
a little. I'm a little worried about about the Vanderbilt game. If I had to give confidence level, it'd be like I'm trying to think. Put it, putting it in like 24 seven terms, I'd be nine eight eight to nine with that two two to one percent might being very strong. Uh, let's see, got Georgia fans talking about beating Missouri. Uh, go Tigers of Columbia, Missouri. I don't think you could say that George is going to beat the brakes off of Missouri. Uh, Missouri's a lot better than Florida. And uh, Missouri, and the game, the game is in Athens, so that is a, a, in your favor. But I, w- I would never say that y'all are going to beat the brakes off of Missouri this year. Missouri's played very, very well. Uh, definitely be rooting for Missouri next week. But uh, you can't just say they're going to beat the brakes off of them. Georgia's had, like, what, I think two out of their eight games where they've actually beat the brakes off of someone. So I don't want to give them, I don't want to give them that much credit for for uh, who they can and can't beat. I think it was Kentucky and Florida are the only real SEC games I could say Georgia beat the brakes off someone. But 17-point win over Vanderbilt, 7-point win over Auburn, and then a 10-point win over South Carolina. Dogs don't lose at home. Go dogs. Uh, I mean, never say never. Uh, Missouri, Missouri's played very well this year against teams that they have less talent than. Uh, yeah, AJ, I think they've only covered once. Uh, I think it was the – well, they might have covered twice. I think the Kentucky game is one of them. And then they covered against Florida, I believe. But uh, it's about all of my thoughts on the game. It's kind of hard to list all my thoughts out whenever it's just me on here. So I'll kind of just let y'all ask me if you want any questions answered about what I think about the game from yesterday or uh, just going in the next week, a confidence level, anything like that. Y'all can ask away. I'll just try to ramble on as much as I possibly can. Just kind of let y'all ask any questions you could possibly think about because I am down to answer any questions y'all got. And George is currently a 16-point favorite. Over Missouri. So again, good Tigers. Have they announced who's going to be game day next week? Is it going to be Georgia, South Carolina, or Georgia, Missouri? So I don't think they've actually put that up there yet. Let's see. Uh, sorry, it's going to be really bad for the. Okay, LSU. Band. Yeah, okay, that that one makes sense. That one makes a lot of sense. Uh. Another so I'm three Tigers are going to be my favorite teams next week: uh, Auburn, Missouri, and LSU. But yeah, uh, got no questions coming up, so I'll go ahead and shout out the fact that we got a shirt. Uh, if you've not already gotten your feeling loopy shirt, I know that James Barnett has gotten his, so we're still waiting to see whenever he uh, takes a picture of him and that that beautiful shirt, and so we can throw it up and give him a nice little shout out on the show. But if you've not seen it, here it is, the Feeling Loopy T-shirt on the warport.com. Go to their shop, and you can get your own Feeling Loopy shirt. Only $25, most comfortable shirt you'll ever own. It's one of the five colorways, and it is just a treat to wear. I wore it yesterday under my jersey, and it was the best I've ever felt uh, watching a game. It, it always I wear it every Saturday. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, go get it. I cannot recommend a shirt anymore to you, even if it's got my logo on it. So... Uh, yeah, go buy your shirt. 
Uh, and with that, I'm just going to say go follow me on Twitter at Yaboy the Taint, at Y A B O Y the Taint. Also, got me Instagram at Dylan Lark, at D Y L E N L E R C K. And of course, you have us right at the College Loop where you should like, comment, and subscribe. Leave your thoughts on the game in the comment section below. And we'll be back on Monday. So you can go follow us on Twitter at the College Loop, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. There's one other one in there, but I cannot quite remember off the top of my head. And of course, with all of that, being said, uh, get the shirt, like, comment, subscribe. And Tuesday, we're going to be picking our winner for who had the closest prediction against this game. But again, with all that being said, there's been the College Loop post-game reaction show.